Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. What's good, my friends? This is the most interactive sports talk show anywhere. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel, and we are the fan upstate rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. today. Thanks so much for making us part of your day each and every day. We love you and appreciate you for that. All right, in this hour, we've got Lawton Swan joining us on Clemson in the next segment. We've got Truth Serum at 540. We've got the head coach of the Furman Paladins football team, number two in the FCS, joining us uh, at 6 o'clock today. How, about, how exciting is that? Uh, and right now, of course, we have your jam. We also want to give you a few programming notes um, my friends, you can continue to get your upset picks in. The upset picks close tomorrow at 7 p.m. So they're only open during show hours, okay? So if you send me a, an upset pick that comes in outside of show hours, I won't see it, right? Show hours tomorrow at 7 p.m. is when the upset picks close. Also, want to invite you guys to check out our show on CBS Sports Radio this coming Saturday. I will be hosting from 5 to 10 p.m. Eastern time. Part of that show will be heard right here on The Fan Upstate. Then I think we break away for some football coverage. Uh, You can continue listening if you'd like on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, or continue being locked and loaded to what we've got going on right here on The Fan Upstate. Plus, on that show, I always have our local text line open, the carpro.com text line. So if you text us on the uh, CBS National Show, 71307, and start your text with the word fan, I'll get to your local texts on the national show. Sound like a good deal? Let's make it happen, my friends, this coming Saturday. All right. It is time for us to do that jam. We call it the top five at five. The top five biggest sports stories of the day. The top five topics we're discussing. Ladies and gentlemen of the Upstate, Offsiders, the top five at five starts right now. And now, the top five at five. And five, four, three, two, one. Hit it. Apparently, I I put one right between her eyes. Five. Hit it. And at number five, we've got Bobby Knight. Rest in peace, the general. Um, We lost Bobby Knight yesterday, my friends. Um, and it's it's very, very, very difficult, very difficult because, you know, he is one of the one of the pillars of college basketball, one of those entities that uh, that you think of first and foremost, when you think of the beauty and the essence of the sports of college basketball, 
Um, and I want to ask you these questions about Bobby Knight. Your lasting impression of Bobby Knight, is it mostly positive or is it mostly negative? Could you have played for Bobby Knight? All right, and then number three, on the list of most intimidating sports figures ever, Bobby Knight's number one on that list, right? Or is someone else on the top of that? You know, we've had some folks say, somebody mentioned Aaron Hernandez. Come on, man. Charles Oakley, Bob Gibson, Jack Lambert. Soccer, no one. Uh, John R. says Ronnie Lott. Another texter said Moises Alou because he peed in his own hands. Michael Jordan, so says Scotty from BMW. Ray Lewis or Bill Romanowski, so says Mongo. Dick Butkus. Lawrence Taylor, so says Tyler from Easley. Do you think Bob Knight was the most intimidating sports figure of all time? Number one, do I think he's mostly good? Yeah, I think Bob Knight was mostly good. I think his viral moments were unfortunate, right? But I think he has a good heart. One of the best coaches of all time, right? Um, those who played for him, many of which truly loved him as a man. Um, so I thought that was I thought that was interesting. I don't think I could have played for him, you know. And I do think he's number one on my most intimidating athletes list. But what say you? Next up, four. You know, folks, I'm curious if you have room in your sports watching schedule to uh, allow Furman to wedge in there. You know, Furman is making a great pitch to become Greenville's team. They're everywhere you turn. They're everywhere you look. They're everywhere you go, right? And Furman has been effing all the time every single opponent they play this season. That's their slogan, F you all the time. And they're doing that, and they are succeeding. And they are now number two in the FCS to North Dakota State. Isn't that something? We've got the number two FCS team right here. So when you consider the dumpster fire that is the South Carolina Gamecock season, when you consider the dysfunction that is Clemson season, why not get behind the great local story that is the Dins? Right? They take on Chattanooga this weekend. You'll be able to hear that game right here on the Fan Upstate. And they would love to have your support. Number two team in the FCS hails from right here in upstate South Carolina. Do you guys have room in your schedules to maybe push out Clemson and South Carolina ever so slightly to make room for the best football team in the state? Berman, what do you think? Next up. Three. Man, this is awesome. This is really cool. Um, a player that you and I have interviewed, Diesel, as our high school player of the week is starting a Power 5 game tonight. Who is it? Don't know? No. It is former Gaffney quarterback Grayson Loftus starting for Duke tonight. Wow. Against Wake Forest. Wow. All right, starting for Duke. We've had him as our high school player of the week. He was great. Gets the start tonight in uh, Durham. Duke is a six-and-a-half-point favorite. Um, shame on anybody, and there were quite a few of you, who's taking Wake Forest to pull the upset tonight over the local kid. It's incredible. You know, it's, it's just an incredible local story. How many of you guys were aware of that fact, that Gaffney's former starting quarterback, Grayson Loftus, is starting at, at QB for Duke tonight with Riley 
Leonard out. I'm pulling for him. I'll be watching. We'll be representing the upstate this evening. Go Grayson Lost Lofton Loftus beats the Deeks. Next up. Two. You know, it was interesting. I did a little experiment last night, folks, and I said, like this post if you're watching the World Series. Over 110 likes later. I mean, my gosh, Diesel. Like, I like this post. I'm thinking five or six likes. 110 likes. Like this post if you're watching the World Series. Um, the Baseball World Series, to me, felt more like a regional series. You know, Texas against Arizona. Arizona against Texas. But for some small reason, it captured you. Did you find yourself transfixed, grabbed by the World Series? What did the Rangers finish 10-0 or 11-0 on the road? I mean, that's got to be one of the most impressive postseason statistics of all time. I checked it out. I watched. I couldn't take my eyes off of it. I was, you know, the, the Rangers lineup reminds me of like a video game lineup because there's no hole in their lineup one through nine. They're incredible in terms of that feat. And when you can score three, four, five runs every single game with no exceptions, it sets you up to win the World Series. The Texas Rangers therefore won their first ever World Series last night. The first one, the first chance was blown by Nelson Cruz, who decided not to give up his body to catch the game winning out against the wall against the Cardinals in 2011. So my question to you guys is, who is the next team that has yet to win a World Series that will do so? The Rangers were established in 1961. That is 62 years of no World Series. 30 teams in the league. You should win one World Series every 30 years. They'd never done it. So who's the next one that has never won it? Is it the Milwaukee Brewers, established 1969? The San Diego Padres, whose uh, uniform colors are doo-doo brown, established in 1969. The Seattle Mariners, established in my birth year of 1977. Just please don't tell anybody that, okay? Uh, the Colorado Rockies, established in 1993. And the Tampa Bay Rays, established in 1998. Who is the next team that is going to win their first ever World Series? Give me the Mariners. Like their young talent to be the next to do just that. And I... Will be. Uh, I'll be excited to see it, man. I really will. I watched more of this World Series than I thought I would, in all honesty. And finally, one. My friends, the question that faces you: Should the Michigan Wolverines be eligible for the postseason this year, given what you know? I say, hell no. Diesel says yes because we think they've cheated. But we don't yet have the full proof. Well, I don't know, man. It's not what you know. It's what you can prove. I think we have enough proof, if I'm honest with you. Yesterday, the Big Ten coaches were on a Zoom call. They asked Jim Harbaugh to leave the Zoom call, in which case they, after which they besieged their commissioner and asked them to please discipline the Michigan Wolverines. You see, folks, what's so unfortunate about this, and you think about this from a parental standpoint, right? Like your kids. If your kid did something really heinous today, 
and you said, I'll penalize you in three years. You think your kid gives a rip about that? You think Michigan fans give a rip that they might be penalized three years from now? You know, oh, no, you might vacate a win, vacate a national championship. Well, we already celebrated the bloody national championship. Michigan should be punished now. The NCAA playoff committee didn't have the guts to do it. They said it's an NCAA issue. If that's the case, expect for it to be ruled on in about the year 2086. The Big Ten needs to step up, grow a spine, and do something about this. They didn't want to show any precedent. They're, they're playing ping pong with this. Yeah. No, you do something about it. No, you do something. No, you do something about it. No, you do something about it. College football playoff doesn't want to be seen eliminating what right now is a top four team this this early in the season. They want the ratings. They want the clicks. They want everybody paying attention in Michigan. They don't want to catch the heat. They don't want the hundreds of thousands of angry Michiganders coming at them on social media. So they're kicking the can down the road. And, hey, maybe something comes out towards the end of the season where they have no choice. And I think internally this is the thing they won't say out loud. I think that's what they're honestly hoping for. They're hoping that some really damning evidence, the smoking gun, is found so that they they can say, oh, guys, our hands were tied. We had to We had to kick Michigan out of this thing. We had to hold them out of the top four because the playoff is is more than just football. It's got integrity. It doesn't, but that's what they want to say. Well, what say you guys? You get to uh, deliver the ruling and the verdict. Should Michigan be eligible for the college football postseason? I say hell no. We've got enough dirt. We know what you did. You know, I don't have a problem with the sign stealing. That's something you can see. But when you're violating rules you know to be in existence, you know, the, the level of cheating didn't matter to me. Right? You know, to, to make this an analogy, I think the sign stealing that most people do is like a flick on your arm. What Michigan did was a punch in the face. You know, they should be penalized for that. Your take, should Michigan be eligible for the college football playoff this season? Or the national championship. And those are today's top five at five. Now it's your chance to chime in, which you can do at 844-FAN-PHONE. That's 844-F-A-N-F-O-N-E. That's 844-326-3663. The, Matt, the uh, carpro.com text line is there for you at 71307. Just start your text with the word fan and away you go. You can get to us on Facebook, on Twitter, and on YouTube at the Fan Upstate on every one. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, and subscribe to us on YouTube. We'd love to have you. And finally, email. You guys can all email the show. Mark Ryan, that is M-A-R-C Ryan, at thefanupstate.com. All the different ways you can get in touch with us here on the most interactive sports radio show anywhere. We've got Lawton Swan. Uh, Listen, you're going to hear me confront Lawton. Because Diesel, Lawton last week said to us that Clemson is close. I said, close to what? Close to what? All right. You tell me. What are they close to? We'll tackle that with Lawton Swan of Clemson Sports Talk. Next, here on Offsides, we are the Fan Up State.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Baseball is back, and so is MLB.tv. Watch every out-of-market, regular season game on your favorite streaming devices. Anywhere, anytime, all season long. Follow the action live or on demand. Track four games at once with multi-view mode and catch up with in-game highlights. Plus, original programs, minor league broadcasts, and local pre- and post-game shows. Go to MLB.tv to start your free trial today. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. It's offsides. Mark Ryan and Diesel, we are the fan upstate. Rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. today. Fantastic to have you guys with us. Joined right now by our dear friend, Lawton Swan of ClemsonSportsTalk.com. Uh, <laughs> you made us laugh with the off-air conversation, Lot. I'm going to keep that off-air, okay? But you, you did make us laugh, and please know that you are not alone in terms of that happening to me, okay? Like, you're not alone, okay? That's, that's happened before, and uh, I feel you. All right, and uh, we're going to get you off just as short as we can, quickly as we can, so you can handle business. Does that sound good? Sounds great, Tyler. (laughs) (laughs) Lawton, okay, so last week, Lawton, uh, I got to call you out, sir, okay? You were one of three media members speaking to me last week who told me (laughs) Clemson is close. So Saturday I'm watching the NC State game, and I say I had three different media members tell me this week Clemson is close, and I didn't unmask you. I didn't want to do that to you. And I wrote, close to what? Okay, and I tweeted it out. Got three-figure likes on Twitter immediately. Here were some of the responses, Lawton. Uh, Close to not making a bowl game. Close to an abysmal season. Close to the cliff we just threw ourselves off of. Close to hopefully cleaning house. Close to missing a bowl game. Close to four and eight. Okay, Uh, you're close. Come on, Lawton, close to what? Come on, man. Man, I'll tell you what, it is a a strange season for the Tigers, that's for sure. I think the the thing that I, you know, if you read my keys to the game, Mark, on uh, Saturday morning that I put out, key number one, Mafa Man. He's got like you. You just see he sees the holes better. I I don't know what it looks like at practice. Obviously, that's the other part that's so hard for us all, right? Like we look at the the game day and go, well, man, Phil Mappa feels like the better of these two running backs right now. Why does he not get more carries? Uh, and you see what he did in the second half once Will Shipley got banged up, and 
Moffa had the big 41-yard run, put Clemson down, and got him back in the game. I think Sweeney's right. They didn't give up. I thought for a minute, you probably read my tweet where I said, man, this feels like a team that could quit any minute, and, and they fall back. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's a bitterly disappointing season, but I, I just think for me right now, I, I don't know, you know, with Will Shipley obviously in the concussion protocol and all that for the Notre Dame game uh, and what his scenario is going to end up being by by Saturday, but I just think that, you know, what we've seen this year is is Phil Moppa's the much more productive running back. And, you know, I thought the Cade Klubnik interception, when you go back to that one, I mean, that's not like – it's not like Cade – put that ball in peril it's batted and tipped and deflected right to Peyton Wilson which I'll, I'll say this I thought that was a heck of an interception by Wilson because if that ball screaming at me at that speed the only way I'm catching it is if it gets lodged in my face mask um, but Kate put the ball in peril in some some other plays which is certainly uh, concerning but you know that interception and the, the pick six I, I can't put that on K clubbing that's just one of those that's a heck of a play by NC State if I'm being honest but yeah it's a Four and four year, a surprising four and four year, uh, but still a lot of football left to play. Uh, I'm going to ask you a similar question, Lawton, that I've asked you multiple times this season, but we're certainly in a different situation that we've been in thus far this season. You got a four and four Clemson football team, a noon kickoff, and you got Notre Dame coming into town. Percentage wise, how full do you predict? that Clemson's football stadium will be? And I, I promise this is not a gotcha question. If you say 80% and it turns out to be 75%, I'm not going to point at you and say, oh, Lawton said it was going to be 80. Uh, I'm just I'm asking you your pulse of the fan base. Do you think they're still going to come strong for a big-time opponent? I get the feeling that they will. I mean, I just don't know what that number is going to look like. The other thing you have to ask yourself, how's Notre Dame traveling to this game, right? Will they feel – I mean, there was a game – I can't remember how many years ago it was. Remember when, when Georgia went up and played at Notre Dame Diesel? And they like, I mean, that place was red. I couldn't believe it. Uh, maybe Notre Dame sort of feels the same thing. Like, hey, we got a shot to get into the venue and, and you know, be a little bit of a force ourselves. So, from that standpoint, I mean, I would think there's probably, if I say 10,000 empty seats, is, is that a, a fair number? Yeah, no, it is for sure. Lawton, if Clemson loses this game, I, I'm not trying to hit you with trivia here, Lawton. I just don't know the answer. If Clemson, hey, I loses, won trivia last night, so maybe there you go. Here we go. Here we go. If Clemson <laughs> loses this game, it will be the first time that they've had a losing record in the month of November since when? Ninety-eight, mm, maybe. Ninety-eight. Wow. Real. It's been that long. No, okay. no, no. I mean, I, I'm, ninety-eight was a. a, a three and eight finish yeah so i mean i don't remember right off the top of my head what it was in 2010 when they finished six and seven but yeah my my guess is if it's not that year it's it's got to be 98 because can, do we have a smart offsider who can tell us the last time clemson was um had a losing record in the month of november we'd love to have that um lawton i do want to switch gears with you here for this question um, I'm of the belief that Michigan should be kept out of the college football playoff. They're not going to be because all of these entities are feckless. This is exhibit number 5,626, why college football needs a central commissioner. But you heard about the Big Ten Zoom call. They're all you know, demanding that the Big Ten punish Michigan. The, uh, the college football playoff committee says it's an NCAA issue. We can expect the NCAA to rule on this in about 2086. 
right? So um, what is your take? Do we have enough, in your opinion, where if you're in charge, Michigan's ineligible for the postseason? Listen, dude, I'm with you 100%. Like, okay, what we have seen in my life is that the conversation is always, and I I, I don't get to listen to your show every day, but I'm sure you said this at some point, the conversation is, well, we can't really punish these guys because these players weren't a part of the team then. This is your chance. If this, if if they find out, you know, if the NCAA and the FBI and everybody that's doing the investigation, if they find out that Michigan was doing this, look at how, look at their turnaround, right? Like people, people who want to talk about, you know, where Clemson's fallen. Okay, let's go back and look at what Michigan has done to turn this thing around and how good they've been the past three years and the fact that they, uh, into week seven, guys, had done something that had not been done since 1981 Clemson, which is to hold all their opponents under 10 points in a game. And, and this was, you know, uh, about figuring out what the other opponents were doing, what their opponents were doing on offense. Now, I believe that if the college football playoff committee, you know, will have the gumption to stand up for what's right in the world of, you know, ethics and college football, if you played an illegal player, all season, and and it came out right near the college football playoff. Oh man, that quarterback that was that was Tom Brady. I would think that the playoff committee would say, "Well, we're not going to put Michigan in." How is this any different? If indeed it is found out that they did what they are accused of doing, and the playoff committee, more than anybody else, more than the NCAA, actually has the power, and it doesn't have to be some great consequence. You just simply play some fifth. You just play some fifth because they want to be in the college football playoff. It's not about a bowl punishment. It's not about – you don't have to take any of that. They can go play in the, you know, whatever bowl tie-in they've got this year with being fifth. Don't put them in the playoff. You have the power to right the wrong. How can we talk about – how can we justify, you know, college football being, you know, right for the kids if you're going to allow one team, if indeed this happened, right? We got to to live on that. I'm a big innocent until proven guilty kind of guy, Mark. Um, but if indeed this happened, what about all the teams that have gotten screwed by the fact that, that nobody did anything and Michigan was blatantly cheating? If they didn't do it, then I'm fine with it being in the playoff. But if they did do it, the committee should stand up and just rank them fifth and say that's not, you know, that's not germane in what we're trying to do with the way the college football playoff is going to work. Now, Lawton, for better or worse, one of the tentpole moments of this Clemson football season is and will be Tyler from Spartanburg and Dabo's Old Testament (laughs) response. Uh, My my biggest problem with the way Dabo has handled the last couple of weeks and the criticism is Dabo's looking backwards. Dabo keeps looking backwards, waving past accomplishments and 10-win seasons and national championships in our faces. And, yeah, Dabo, those are great. We all have memories of those, and it was fun to be a part of. But in my opinion, Dabo's response shouldn't be, look at the great things I've done for you in the past. It should be that 10-win seasons is still our standard at Clemson. We're having a down season, but I'm going to fight like hell to get us back there because I love winning. Our players love winning, and our fan base deserves a winning product. Why are we not hearing that from Dabo? Why is he looking backwards, not forwards, in his response to this criticism? 
You know, I, I'll be honest, um, Diesel, I don't have any problem with your thought process and logic on that, quite frankly. I mean, that makes, that makes a ton of sense. I, I think the thing that, you know, one of my buddies I was talking to said to me was, and I think this is kind of what got, you know, Dabo Sweeney going, was the fact that, you know, he kept, you know, talking about how Dabo Sweeney's overpaid. And the results this year certainly aren't indicative of Dabo Sweeney's, you know, salary by any means, but none of us, not me, not you, not Mark. I mean, we don't get paid for tomorrow's work. We're getting paid for what we've done in the past. And uh, that's why Dabo Sweeney's got the paycheck. And he doesn't set the, he doesn't set the market either, you know, for himself. So I think when you kind of get into that, that's why he reflects on what he's done. I think that was said to kind of justify why he's paid what he's paid. But the reality is I don't think that the – you know, that the mark of the standard has changed for Clemson at this point, guys. I just think that, you know, the Tigers are having one of those years that you have every once in a while. We've all been through it. I mean, when Clemson won the national title in 1981, obviously they got some probation and they went, I think, 9-1-1, 9-1-1 the next two years. But then there were some sort of uh, what you would call down years for Clemson. Uh, but, you, but you bounced back. And uh, eventually they did. I think they're – I said this today on my show – uh, in the Midlands, I said, look, I think Clemson is much more seated and prepared, you know, to get back into the mix than they probably ever were after winning the national t- championship in 1981. And there were a lot of years where Clemson fans, uh, I'll tell you this, Gamecocks will tell you, the, the famous line kind of became wait till next year because Clemson was always just, you know, building their way towards thinking they were going to get to a national title and then they blow a tire and get beat by I don't know, Maryland or Georgia Tech. And, and, you know, until Dabo Sweeney pieced together this incredible, incredible run, by comparison, I mean, in a lot of respects, maybe to what Florida State did in that 15-year stretch with, uh, with, with Bobby Bowden and obviously the recent success of, of Nick Saban at Alabama. And uh, that's the thing that I think people have to remember. No matter how bad it gets, man, Clemson has been elite elite for eight plus seasons and or seven plus seasons and that's pretty incredible yeah i mean lawton we've read dozens of comments from fans who are of the opinion that Dabo's past accomplishments are a shield from criticism it feels like Dabo and his tact of looking backwards is very dismissive of fans justifiable frustrations but, I mean, I feel like looking forward is the way to get frustrated fans off his back. You know, uh, we are going to do what it takes to get this right. Trust me, I've, I've done this for a long time. I know how to get this right. I mean, it just it boggles my mind that he's not looking forward instead of looking backwards. Well, he certainly talked a lot in his career about having a windshield mentality and, and the fact that the windshield's a lot bigger than the rearview mirror. So, you know, I, I – I, totally get your point uh, on that front but I think you know in their offices they're certainly looking forward I, I think they're you know trying to figure out how can they get it back and what changes need to be made uh, I said to you guys I think last week the, the the positives that this team currently has especially on the offensive side of the ball is that they've only got one senior the negative is that they haven't you know they haven't had a wide receiver you know Bo Collins when he came in I thought he was the best wide receiver on the team then last year, Antonio Williams comes in, and I thought he was the best wide receiver on the team. And then this year, obviously, Tyler Brown comes in and feels like he's the best wide receiver on the team. Uh, it doesn't feel like the wideouts are growing at the rate you'd like to see them grow. 
And, and so from that standpoint, I would say that that's where they've really got to get better. And, and like I said, man, I, I think Phil Moffa, Phil Moffa's got to get more carries in these final four games of the regular season uh, if Clemson's going to have the type of success that is necessary to beat a team like Notre Dame, teams like uh, North Carolina, and then ultimately I know they got Georgia Tech as well. I can't throw them out given what they did to North Carolina last week, but you know, and also coming to Columbia to face off of South Carolina. Lawton, uh, the question that we've asked our audience yesterday is, uh, Josh Pate came out this week and said after the Tyler from Spartanburg saga, um, <laughs> Dabo's never going to change. He's not going to change. Okay, so if that is the case, okay, I'm looking for a number here, Lawton. How many more years does Clemson give him to see if he can get this program back, okay, um, with doing it his way? You know, is it two more years, three more years? Because there's, there's a feeling among many of us that what won for you in 2016 is not going to win for you in 2026, right? And, and so with that being the case, if he is, in fact, not going to change – how many more years does he get to try to do it his way before he's either forced to change or forced to leave? How would you answer that? I, I think there'll be some people that won't want to hear this. Um, I think he can stay as long as he chooses to stay, wow. Mark. I wow. do. I Look, you don't, you don't do what Dabo Sweeney's done um, at Clemson. Now, if it went completely sideways and you're talking about, you know, back-to-back two and ten years or something, you know, we'd have to get real ridiculous with the results. I, I think he can stay as long as he wants to stay at this point because the 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 bigwigs, you know, the people that, you know, make all the calls, um, he's put Clemson in a spot. I, I don't care. Like, you can go find anybody that was there in 1981 at the Orange Bowl and wearing their orange overalls with their, you know, whatever on NBC face painted up. It was never like it is today because, quite frankly, with ESPN and Fox and everybody that now carries the sport and the, the way it's magnified, um, I thought the quote, I think Don Munson said to you about the money that, that Dabo Sweeney brings into the upstate. Like, it's very easy to look at the, the tickets and the IPTE and uh, NIL and everything else and think about the cost that people have to go into it, but imagine the businesses in the upstate and the people that are impacted by the number of people traveling through, man. Could you imagine if you could – dude, I'll tell you this. Uh, I, I know you're probably banking $6, 7000000 million a year in radio, but can you imagine what you'd make if you owned a Chick-fil-A? <laughs> yeah, but, but Lawton, wouldn't all that money, wouldn't all that, uh, all, all that business coming into the area start to dry up if Clemson is consistently sitting at four, five, six win seasons? I mean, that money came in because you were winning 10, 11, 12 games a year in national championships. If you're not doing that anymore, uh, is that value still there? Oh, yeah, I think so. I mean, it wouldn't be quite as, as heavy as it currently is, but – yeah, I think I think that you know if you go back to even the lean years, the Clemson fans were still there supporting. Um, and like I said, there's always been a lot of hope in that fan base, and and rightfully so. Uh, and now Dabo Sweeney's got it to the point where you know you do get a little bit of a benefit of the doubt. And I know this season is certainly the it feels like at this point maybe the biggest step back that that Clemson's had uh, in quite some time. But uh, I think from the roster standpoint, you know, nine times out of ten. When you look at the matchups, they're likely to be favored next season. Uh, much more seasoned Kate Klubnik 
And I think that's something else that has kind of gotten lost in all this. And I can't remember if I said it to you guys or on another radio show last week, but, you know, the thing about it, I, really, you know, we talk about, like, uh, your views of reality. And, man, I tell you, Deshaun Watson and, and Trevor Lawrence sort of skewed things for a, a lot of people, I think, in Clemson, the belief that, you know, young guys and you know, would come in and immediately – play at the elite level and uh, right now that's just not the case I, I think I think Mark tweeted something about you know Clemson had back-to-back misses at quarterback um, with DJ Uyunglele yes. and, and Kay Klubnik and yeah. I, I certainly think that DJ was a bit of a miss and I, I think he's done better um, in terms of wins and losses right now out at uh, Oregon State that might have something to do with uh, some of the competition too but either way and I know the Pac-12 is really good this year but um I do want to say I think it is too early to, you know, just say that Kay Klubnik's um, a miss. I, I think that he's just a young guy, and you know, last year he really didn't take over the reins until the North Carolina game. And remember what everybody was saying, guys, before they like play Kay Klubnik, play play Kay Klubnik. And Dabo Sweeney's like, well, DJ gives us the best chance to win. Well, you've got a chance to see Kay Klubnik in year two. Still yeah. is yeah. a very young quarterback. And I think a lot of people have had that, you know, kind of that come to Jesus meeting, so to speak, where they say, well, maybe Dabo Swinney was right when he was saying that DJ actually gave Clemson a better chance. The thing that I would like to know, and this is something, man, this is when I wish we could have a revisionist history or if we had the old time machine with Doc Brown. What if Cade Klubnik came in and played okay at the ACC championship and DJ had decided to stick around and they were going to, you know, do this thing together? I don't think Clemson fumbles at the goal line against Duke. I think things are probably better for Clemson in the red zone because they're just giving it to the big DJ and letting him run it in the end zone. Talk about a shift in how we all feel about this season. Ironically, you know, that game went the way it did, guys, and uh, I think DJ saw the writing on the wall. Unfortunately for Clemson, you know, year one under Kate Klubnick just hasn't panned out the way a lot of people thought. Uh, quick word, Clawton, on Notre Dame. Okay, You're, you make your pick on your show. Um, were you as surprised as I was that the spread was one point, now three points? I mean, this feels like Clemson is cruising for a bruise in here, does it not? Yeah, I mean, you know, if you look at the spread and the over-under, it seems like Vegas is looking at something like a 24-21 kind of game. Uh, that Clemson-Florida State game, though, was, uh, I think, the same spread. And ended up, you know, Clemson... You, know, you had the K Klubnik fumble, the, the scoop and score that just destroyed Clemson's chances that day. Uh, and then, obviously, I think the Nate Wiggins injury was a big deal in overtime when Keon Coleman had that touchdown. I'll say this. Yes, surprise, um, but Tiger fans haven't been in Death Valley in a while. I think they'll be ready to go. And, and I think that they see you know an opportunity here. If they can find a way to beat the Fighting Irish, uh, it certainly uh, gives you a little different tenor. Uh, heading into the final three games of the regular season. Thanks so much, pal. Have a great one. Hey, guys, I appreciate it, man. Take care. Lawton Swan, ClemsonSportsTalk.com, and Offsides will continue right after this. It's Offsides, Mark Ryan and Diesel. We are the fan upstate rolling on until 7 o'clock p.m. today. So my big opinion today is I think we have enough to ban Michigan from the playoff. I don't think they should be in. I, I we, we're, we already know what they've been involved in, 
right? We already know. We're well aware of this, okay? Shady behavior, breaking of the rules, a a Stein-stealing rule that was established in 1994. And my take is, folks, that it's one thing to just observe what another team is doing and, hey, they've got a tendency here. I've got no problem with that, all right? But if what other teams do is a flick on the arm, what Michigan did is a punch in the face. And we know it. We know about this staffer on the sideline. It's ridiculous. Banned from the postseason if I'm in charge. Gary in Greenville disagrees with me. And he joins us right now on the line. Thanks for the call, Gary. You're off sides. Hey, Mark. Appreciate it. Uh, love your show. Thanks, man. Um, and, and let me start out, and I'll preface this. Um, a Michigan fan. I've probably watched most Michigan games over the past years, went to school there. But I'll tell you this, and this is an interesting note. My wife's uncle, his name's Jim Stillwagon, and Jim won the Lombardi Award the first cool. year it was awarded. He yeah. also won the Outland Award that year with Ohio State. And he was so close with Woody Hayes, he ended up being the executor of Woody's estate. And I, and I got to be very close with him over the years. So I've, I've got a little bit of a divide here, and I think I've got a unique take on it. But I, I just think we I just don't think we know. And and I think that, uh, again, my my personal belief is that if it is institutional and it's proven, then then, yeah, I, I think that, you know, the punishment needs to be meted out. And, and I, I truly believe that. But no, no, let, let me I interject. Think- let me interject here, Gary. OK, so if it is institutional, OK, meaning that it came from the top, Jim Harbaugh. I mean, th- this dude wasn't acting alone. Right. Like there was a staffer, an assistant coach, et cetera, that he was feeding information to. Then there are reports that, um, you know, he may have fed South Carolina some stuff or, quote, an opponent that played other playoff contenders. So, you know, to well, me, see, we, man, we, like, we don't know that, Mark. I mean, you're reading yeah, the same stories I'm reading. No, but but it, this listen, Gary, you don't believe where there's smoke, there's fire. You don't look at the results and raise an eyebrow. You know, like well, uh, here's here's what I'll say about the results then is so, you know, Lawton said this on, on his take just just before I got on here. And he talked about how, well, gee, how ironically, you know, Michigan has gotten so good over the last couple of years. But uh, again, I, I think that that's not a true picture either, because if you look, one of the big knocks on Michigan this year is, is that, you know, they played nobody. So they probably should have held each of those opponents to 10 points. So to, to me, that's, that's not a huge and tremendous take. But if you go back three years ago when Michigan got torched in Columbus, oh, by the way, I was there, you know, Don Brown was the defensive coach. And Harbaugh said, we can't do this anymore, right? So he went and tapped his brother, and, you know, he brought in some new talent on that defensive side. But, but you know, I'll, I'll tell you this, and, and, and I think Michigan, in coming back out of halftime in Q3 this year, Again, they've got a good coaching staff. They've made the adjustments. And, and anything we've heard thus far about, you know, all this collusion with coaches and uh, with, uh, hey, we've got $15,000 to do this. Again, I just don't know if, if we can take Gary, any Gary, of that. Gary, yet, there was Mark. an article in The Athletic. 50 coaches were interviewed. 47 of the 50 said we have enough to punish Michigan right now. What, what, on, on the Zoom call yesterday, the Big Ten coaches begging the commissioner to punish Michigan. Are they saying that because of conjecture, because of rumor? No, they're not. Now, Gary, here's what I appreciate about you. I appreciate your level-headedness. I appreciate the guts you had to call in. I also appreciate the fact that you're admitting you're a Michigan fan because I don't know if you can be objective about it because of that, but you're doing your A-level best, all right? Gary, um, I'll give you the last word. I appreciate you, okay? 
Well, here's, here's what I'll say, Mark, is I, I think, you know, these kids got to live with this now, right? Some of them, again, I, I don't know if, you know, they knew. I don't know if Aiden Hutchinson knew last year. But I think some of those players, if this were truly going on, a lot of them would probably know. But I'll say this, between now and when we get to that final ranking, we'll see. And if Michigan goes ahead and they can go ahead and they can run the tables and doing it convincing fashion the way they've done it thus far, then, then I, I would say that, you know, hey, we just really need to wait until all of that, all of that evidence comes in because I don't think we've heard it all conclusively. Yeah, uh, thanks for the call, Gary. I got a big problem with that because that allows Michigan to play for the national championship, and we all know there is no adequate punishment once you've already played for and won the national championship. You know, removing wins, vacating wins is nothing. The fan base has already celebrated. The shirts have already been purchased, right? It's nothing. That's yeah, no punishment. And the question is, you know, obviously, once this information comes to light, in theory, the scouting stops there. But any information that has already been passed down the line is already in these coaches' brains. Yep. Now, you and I both know that the, the coaches on the field, they're focused on this week. And in big-time college football, you've got analysts off the field some of which are, are big coaches themselves, former coaches themselves. You know, it wouldn't surprise me if a former Toledo head coach or a former Akron head coach just so happens to be on Michigan staff. These guys are already learning and game planning ahead for opponents in the future. So what's to say that any information that's already been passed along about Michigan's future opponents throughout the rest of this season isn't already baked into the game plan? So it can still have an effect even if the scouting has already been done. It's like it's like when a judge tries to tell a jury to strike something from their from their memory. Disregard that statement. You can't do that. You can't do that. That's yeah. impossible. The, the human brain can't forget something on command. And when you're told to forget something, it almost does the exact opposite, opposite and brings yeah. it to the front of your brain. Yep, that's exactly right. We've got Clay Hendricks of the Furman Paladins, head coach of the football team, joining us next here on Offsides. We are the fan upstate. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.